2: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
1: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns.
3: Well, hey guys. Candice. And Kayla. And we're a little directionally challenged. We totally thought we'd have everything figured out by the time we were ah, 30. But surprise, we don't. We don't. We don't have anything figured out. And it's totally okay. And today we're going to stop and ask for a little life direction um, from two really impressive women that we are so excited to have here from Harvest Home. Um, Guys, this is going to be really special. We're going to talk about mommyhood. We're going to talk about motherhood. We've got Sarah Wilson with us. She is the executive director of Harvest Home. And we also have Nicole with us,
4: who is an alumni of the Harvest Home program and here to share her story with us. So let's give them a big round of applause.
3: So Harvest Home um, is here in Los Angeles, and it is an actual home. That's not just the name. It's this really beautiful home uh, that is a wonderful place that welcomes in homeless pregnant women and not only gives them a place to stay and to live and to give them the physical and emotional support they need while their baby's being born, but also there's programs that allows them to get a job afterwards, to be prepared for motherhood and be prepared to find a job. Obviously, you guys are going to be able to tell us a lot more about that. Um, But what I love is that all four of us here um are spending this evening together we don't know each other that well but immediately we are already bonded because all four of us are mothers and that is a really beautiful special thing and uh we have the newest member of the mommy club i think we can we should all just introduce ourselves (laughs) So Kayla, kick us off. So those
4: of you who don't know, my, I have a newborn baby. She's five and a half weeks old, so not really getting a lot of sleep right now. We're getting about two and a half, three hours of sleep. It's real fun. No, but we love her. Shout out to my husband, who also is here tonight. <laughs> but let's also introduce all the other babies we have. So Nicole, how old is your son?
0: My son is six. He just turned six August 3rd, so I'm still... Going back and forth between five and six, but he is six. (laughs) And Sarah?
5: And I have a two-year-old little boy named Jude.
0: And
3: Candace. And then uh, between my husband and I, we've got three children. We've got our oldest is about to turn 17, um, my oldest stepdaughter, and then 14 for our second oldest. I do not call her middle child. I call her second oldest. (laughs) And and then we have a -a three-and-a-half-year-old together as well who we're constantly chasing around. And I think one question that
4: sometimes when you're a mother, that's hard to acknowledge is, did you want to have children? Because sometimes you don't and sometimes you do. And guess what? Sometimes it just happens. So um, I know for me growing up, I always wanted to have kids, but knowing when to have them was always a hard time. Like, when are you ready? When are you ready? And I constantly had this conversation with a lot of women that I meet. Am I, are you ready? And the truth is you're never really ready. You'll never be ready. So just go for it and do it.
0: How do you guys feel about that? So I have an 11-year-old girl as well, Jacinda. Um, So both times I wasn't ready, but um, I got ready when I found out that I needed to be ready. So It's funny how that happens, right? Yeah, definitely.
5: (laughs) Yeah, and for me, I think um, I always wanted to have kids, but it's a timing thing, right? So my husband and I, we'd actually been married for eight years, and he was past 40 and one day said, "You know, I don't want to have kids at home when I'm 60." And I was like, "Dude, do a little math and then maybe we should have some conversations." So that's how that went down.
3: <laughs> I feel like we we even though we'd only been married for a short amount of time, we for some reason thought we'd already been like we're like, "Oh yeah, we it's it's time. It's time for us to have kids. This is the perfect time." And uh we were really lucky that we were able to get pregnant pretty quickly. And I remember taking that test and being like, Oh my gosh, like, Oh, Oh no. Oh no. It's positive. And he's like, yeah, I know. That's what we were trying to do. That's the whole point. Like, and I was like, but I'm going to Paris with my girlfriends next week. This is terrible time. I take it back. What are we doing? The cheese, the wine. I'm not going to lie. I was a little disappointed too at that moment. Yeah, I know all the cheese and the wine. Um, Well, so when you found out that you were pregnant then, for all of us, what was that like? I was crying over my cheese and my wine.
4: Yeah, I was definitely surprised, but also very happy and alone in my bathroom and going, okay, I can't wait to tell my husband. Here we go. It was a good moment. We'd been trying for a while, so um, I felt happy and grateful for it. But that's the thing about it. You just never know when it happens. How about you?
5: Yeah, for me, so... I was of a certain age as well. And so you think like, oh, it's going to take a while. And I had a similar experience to Candace, where it was like, oh, okay, I'm pregnant. So I actually went out and I bought a card for my husband that said, welcome to diaper town, population U. (laughs) And I happened to work in a place where there are diapers readily available. So I got a diaper and I put it in a bag and I wrote inside that card... It just got real, except for I might have used a different word. And I gave it to my husband. And then we both went, is this really happening? And of course it is, and it's wonderful. But I had this similar thing of like, oh, life's changing.
0: Life's changing. Um, so when I had my daughter, when I found out I was pregnant with her, I was living in a stable home and everything was well. Um, so I was more excited than anything. And then once I found out her gender, which was a girl, I felt like I won the lottery because I wanted a girl. And so that was a different time and a different scenario. Um I was homeless for about six months uh, before I found out I was pregnant with my son. And I knew I was pregnant before I did a test because I started craving salads and milk. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not a milk drinker. Like, I like it in cereal, but I'm not like a you know glass kind of girl, whatever, milk drinker. So I knew something was wrong or different Um, And then also, though, at the time, I was doing a lot of like dollar menus to eat, um, but I would save up to buy salads, which would be like four or five dollars from fast food places. And so I knew I was pregnant. And then after I got the test, had the test done and found out for sure that I was, um, I was excited and nervous equally um i was excited because i would be able to have like a bring another life into the world um, and then nervous and terrified because i didn't know how i was gonna fix being homeless
3: yeah i mean i'm i'm complaining about missing out on french cheeses so it's obviously completely different scenario first how did you find how did you become homeless what led to that and also then where does someone if you are homeless go to take
0: a pregnancy test like I can't I will let you take over. okay so um, what led me to become homeless was I think injustice in our um, criminal system Um, I shared custody at the time of my daughter with her father Um, She shared that she was being hurt by him and his family, and out of impulse, I tried to take her away, Um, but because I shared custody and there was a custody order in place, you know, I obviously went against that custody order, um, was arrested because of that, um, served 33 days in L.A. County Jail, um, and then upon release, I was homeless. I You know, I had nothing. I had nowhere to go, no job, no money, no car. I had nothing. Um, And that's from coming from having a job since I was 16 and and having my own place and car and everything. Um, So that's what led me to homelessness. Even though you had explained to them that you were looking out for the best
3: interest of your daughter, I know that there are legal routes that are meant to be taken, but even expressing that, it just the custodial agreement
0: was stronger than that yes and I know due, it's complicated yeah and just due to our history and the custodial battle before and just everything that had happened before that um, she was given right back to him so there was no questioning because I was deemed you know the the wrong party for having tried to take her as a and flee as opposed to going to the you know court or whatever.
5: Well, and as mothers, do we not all like do what is we think is best for our kid and of you course. never think that like there's going to be and it's something like that that's going to result from that right like you do what's best for your kid and you go i mean that's i think that we all as mothers have that just
3: as our instinct right and anyone who's even just gotten a speeding ticket knows that like any kind of dealing with the court system it's not like okay i'm going to leave a message and by in the morning everyone's going to get back to me and this is going to happen really fast things take time and there's a lot of people to go through and
0: and money so and money. dealing yes. with any sort of legal system, whatever it be, um, hiring attorney would be great. You know, I needed to have done that back then. Um, but I had no money, um, no savings, no money. So that also played a really big part in the whole situation. So
4: you find yourself released from prison and then you're on the streets. Now what, what do you do? Tell us about what that experience was like. What
0: Yeah, um, so it was just really hard. Um, The friends who I thought I had before I got incarcerated weren't truly friends, you know. Um, I think my circle of people, though, were just trying to survive and make it anyway, right? So I come back out and I reach out to a couple people who are kind of willing to let me crash on their couch, Um, I didn't have a strong familial system, but my father, who was always in and out of my life, in a sense, kind of stepped in, but I also couldn't always stay with him, Um, so that kind of pushed me towards getting with my son's father, um, because he had a job at the time, and he had a car at the time, and so for me, being on the streets and seeing that, I was like, okay, that's stability, that's what stability looks like for me right now and plus I had I had a felony at that point um, having never gone to jail and then I come out now I have a felony you can't just go and get a job like that's another factor that was really really hard that made it really hard for me to restabilize um, so yeah so it pushed me towards getting with my son's father flash forward I end up pregnant so I realized after I found out I was pregnant Life has to change, like everything has to change now because it's not just me anymore. So um, I Googled something, right? And um, Harvest Home generated and I called and I found out that, oh, it's a process. You know, other shelters out there in the street when you're single, like when you're not pregnant, you just show up, you spend the night, you get out. Um, So that's what I was expecting kind of with Harvest Home, not really knowing much. Um, But when I had called and I found out, oh, it's like an intake process. And um, so I decided after I found that out to go back online because I wanted to have like a backup plan in case uh, Harvest Home didn't work out.
4: When you say process, does it mean what does that mean? You you go to harvest home and meet with them, or
0: it was going to be a phone call first, so an intake phone call, which was going to be about thirty minutes, and then after that, there would have, I, if I remember correctly, there would have been a deliberation. Right? This was like seven, eight years ago, so um, don't quote me. Um, but anyway, um, so there would have been a phone conversation, then they would have deliberated, and then they would have had an intake session with me in person, then they would have deliberated, and then a decision would have been finalized. So yeah, you need a backup plan just in case. I needed a backup plan. So I went back to Google and I typed in my search and Goog- whatever I typed in and um, Harvest Home did not generate. So I was like, huh, that's kind of weird. Like I thought at the time I had put in kind of like the same keywords, um, but that didn't, wasn't the case obviously. Um, but yeah, I got into Harvest Home within three weeks, which come to find out is a- an extremely fast and unusual process. Sarah,
3: you've been with Harvest Home for how many years? Six years. Wow. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about that process um, from Harvest Home's perspective? Yeah, absolutely. So um,
5: one of the things kind of to add a little color there. So we actually get over 500 calls a year. um, And at our home in Venice, we have 10 rooms. And so we have generally the opportunity to serve about 25 to 30 women a year, depending on, you know, due dates and how long women stay. And so, um, yeah, we have this this process to really ensure that the women um, who are coming into our program are like ready to kind of, it's kind of like mommy boot camp to some degree, right? It's like, it's like, um, yeah, just kind of getting ready for all that 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 brings so um yeah so we have a, a phone interview first, and then we do an in-person interview, and then we have women move in after that, so um, it's a little bit of a process, but really important on our end to ensure that the resources that we're able to to use, that we're really partnering along with women that are ready kind of for change to come in their life, Um, and then also we have babies and minors in the home, so, you know, just safety and stability is just so important to us as we go through that process.
4: I have to tell you, the second you walk into the home, you feel the love. And there is something so special about what you guys create there. And I'm sure, Nicole, you can testament to that. But it is there; it truly is a special place. And um, can you talk us through a few of the programs that you guys have there for
0: um, the moms? Sarah Nicole, do you want to share about some of your,
5: your... I mean, I just
0: haven't been there for yeah. so no, long, fine. but I so remember so much. Um, so there's um, like baby and me courses so we could watch videos. And um, we actually have to like write a little summary about what we just learned, so that's helpful. We do what to expect when you're expecting. Um, I appreciated that there's, um, like... Like a weekly Bible study, um, which for me like, kind of turned me back around to focusing on God. Uh, Being homeless, there wasn't much focus, you know, because I was just trying to make it every day. Um, But that was good. Um, And it's the same people coming in, usually um, the same people coming in and doing each course. So that was also really nice because we got to become familiar with the people who are like educating us or growing us. So I definitely appreciated that.
5: Yeah, so we have five five program areas and no no Nicole touched on um each of those a little bit. So we have um parenting is one of the the key program areas so helping moms prepare for motherhood. Our mission statement actually says that Harvest, Homes equip, Harvest Home exists to equip women to become great moms. And so, so much of our program is centered around that in each of these five areas. So, parenting is one of them, financial independence, which is everything kind of on the being able to get a job and manage your money and and those type of things, um, our emotional and mental well-being program. So, that's uber important on the the class side. And then we also have um, a therapist on our staff team. So there's individual um, therapy sessions weekly, as well as group therapy in the home. Um, Nicole mentioned our spiritual growth program. And then physical health, right? Like your body's changing when you're pregnant. Um, I have to say, I actually uh, had my baby while I was working at Harvest Home. And I was like, I need to go through this program. Like so much of the, the programming and things that, um, that we provide are really just equipped to help women walk through that transition to motherhood. And um, I just think that's really, really
0: a high value in it. And if I may add, um, we also did Boundaries, which is a book by Townsend and Cloud, which they are um, pastors, but I believe they're also therapists, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, that doing that book, like we read it, but we also had a workbook. And doing that was so beneficial because a lot of us women who end up homeless and pregnant, our boundaries like have just been torn. Like we weren't raised in an environment where we could have boundaries and say no to things and then we become homeless and that cycle just continues and continues. So doing that workbook was so um, vital to, to growing me and being able to like become a better mom to like my unborn child and and developing safe relationships moving forward we're going to take a quick break we'll be right back in just a minute
3: describe your style in one word simple sophisticated adventurous however you dress the stylist at stitch fix can help you find your new favorite piece stitch fix is an online personal styling service that delivers your favorite clothing shoes and accessories directly to you First you complete a style profile, then an expert personal stylist will send you a hand-picked box of items based on your preferences. They have solutions for women, men, and kids all over the U.S. and now the U.K. With no subscription required, you can pick between automatic shipments or only get new pieces on demand. Shipping exchanges and returns are always free. Plus, the $20 styling fee is automatically applied towards anything you keep from your box. I love how easy it is to develop your own style profile. It, sometimes it gets so stressful trying to pick out things to wear for the day, especially when you've got kids and you got to get them dressed for the day. Stitch Fix is the perfect opportunity to streamline all of that and have someone help you for once. Maybe you need help getting dressed in the morning instead of just your kids. So guys, get started today at stitchfix.com challenged and get an extra 25% off when you keep everything in your box. That's stitchfix.com challenged for an extra 25% off when you keep everything in your box. stitchfix.com challenged. And we're back. What I love about Harvest Home is everything that you guys just said, and especially, like, that's... Like when you think of mommy boot camp, I don't know what your experience was recently, Kayla, but I feel like all the classes I took and I also wanted a natural birth. So I was living in Denver. I was ready to like sit in a bathtub with lavender salts and like have dolphins singing in the background. My poor husband was shaking his head the whole time. No, you were very supportive. Um, But I learn more about like the poop colors, you know, for for anyone who doesn't have kids, you learn a lot about poop colors, especially the first few weeks. It's very crazy. You have a whole chart and I'm really happy. I don't have any on my white dress. Yes. Yes. And I could name all the colors for you. But the thing that I think you miss out on sometimes is the emotional support. I mean, even when we were just chatting over here, Nicole, you were asking Kayla, like, how are you doing? And Kayla immediately was like, the baby. (laughs) You're like, the baby's great, the baby's great. And you said, no, how are you doing? And that's what I think is sometimes missing in this modern like mom, mommy has it all, superwoman world where we just need to look at each other as mothers and say, how are you feeling? How are you recovering? We're all in it together to take care of these children. But that's what I think is so special about Harvest Home is it's a community of women that are there not only to support each other, like, you know, be like, hey, yeah, I'll watch maybe well you gotta go to the bathroom because that's a whole thing too. You just need eyes on these babies. Yeah. <laughs> But you're there for that emotional relatability to each other and that is that's a superpower um, are there connections that you remember there that just left an imprint on you that you'll always have
0: yeah so having the other women moms there or even pregnant women you know who hadn't had their babies yet Um, the support in the house was really great in the sense that yeah can I take a shower and can you hold my baby for five minutes maybe three like having (laughs) them around and and their willingness to help with the babies um, was amazing and we all pitched in at different times but staff also steps in all the time like It's just amazing how much um, staff steps in. But then we also have like volunteers come in, even like the people who teach classes would hold our babies. And it was just like this whole um, support system, but from every aspect, every genre of womanhood in the house, you know, staff, volunteers,
6: the other residents. um, It was everywhere. I worked at Harvard.
1: and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST.
4: It's time to get more in 2024. I know for me, one of my goals is to feel really strong this year. And honestly, so far, so good
5: home for four years before I had my own baby and then I had a baby and I struggled so much postpartum because I had watched these rock star moms for four years make it look easy Mm. and I'm sitting here going I mean seriously the moms at harvest home they're so committed to whatever they need for their long-term like health and stability for themselves and for their babies that they just do it they make it happen I could count on one hand the number of complaints I've heard about sleepless nights, and I am not making that up. I'm serious. Um, that I just don't hear complaints like that. And so then I have my kid, and I have my mother, and my mother-in-law, and my husband, and all these people, and I'm like... I want to go to Harvest Home. They make it look so easy there, you know, which is, of course, like such a a silly, stupid thing to say. But you just realize how universal the challenges are, you know, of becoming a new mom and how important there's just the emotional support is in that transition because it really is, no matter where you are in life, it's such a transition going from, you know, just being a mom to all of a sudden, or sorry, from before being a mom to all of a sudden having this like person that you're responsible for, you know, you'll never be alone ever again. I mean, big. physically, but emotionally. Or, or in the
3: bathroom. You'll never be He'll alone never in the bathroom, bathroom ever again. No. Or shower. Ever. <laughs> Nicole,
4: one thing I love about your story is I think it's just so moving, right? And I really commend you for being up here with us and being honest about the entire process. Do you feel like people have uh, make assumptions
0: about why people end up homeless? I know I did. Um... <clears throat> Growing up in the city I did of Gardena and just watching the people around me um, and seeing people around me get incarcerated and then come out and be struggling or people who are asking for money on the street. Like I had the idea of, well, you went to jail, you did the crime, you did something wrong, you didn't fix it and after i got incarcerated and came out and was homeless i was like oh wait what like i i wasn't aware of the the social injustice and not even and after that you know after um being at harvest home and restabilizing and getting a job again um i worked uh for some political campaigns with um susan burton who's this amazing woman who um houses, um, formerly incarcerated women. And um, being around her, I I learned so much more about our criminal justice system and the injustices with that. And so I personally had some negative connotations with formerly incarcerated people that just wasn't true. So I would imagine other people might think the same and have the same ideas that I did without having physically gone through the challenges for all of us as mothers what is
3: the thing that was harder than you thought it would be and then what's something that you thought would be hard but it's actually the like totally easy
4: well i was gonna say the sleep thing but i can't say that now after (laughs) (laughs) what sarah said so suck it up kayla but I'm just going to answer, honestly, for me, it, it does feel like the lack of sleep only because I feel like my brain doesn't compute things the, the same. And I feel like I'm kind of a shell of who I normally am because sleep is so important and you see why they use it um, when they, you know, torture people. It does oh seem that I get it now. I get it. So I'm just going to be honest. And for me right now, with the five and a half, half week old, that is my reality. I'm sure it'll change as she grows and maybe it won't. We'll see. But how about you guys? Yeah.
0: For me, um, having two children and having my first baby compared to my second baby, I was comparing. And that was um, a horrible thing to do, but I didn't know any better, right? So I'm thinking, oh, I'm a pro at this newborn thing because I've done it before. And then I had my son and I was just like, oh my gosh, like I'm not, this is not the same child, you know, (laughs) which makes sense because they're totally two different human beings, but I thought, oh, I'm the same mom, so it'll just be the same, and it just was not at all. So that was something that I did that I really shouldn't have done, and I didn't know any better, but the whole comparing thing, and even now, you know, um, they're just two completely different humans, different personalities, different temperaments, different everything. Um, So that's something that I would tell moms like don't ever if you have a you know you're going on your second baby like don't compare because that's not gonna be of benefit to anybody for me it was two words
5: breastfeeding um (laughs) like you candace with the like oh i'm gonna have a natural birth i was like i'm just gonna breastfeed and it's just gonna be like there and it's gonna spew and it's gonna i'm gonna be able to like give it to the masses (laughs) because i'm gonna have so much breast milk all the men's faces right now in the audience. I, I do want to say this is called what she said, so yeah. sorry. Um, but yeah, and then I didn't. I had a, a just tons of ex- th- cascading things that caused me to not be able to breastfeed, to cause my baby to have a really hard time, and I tried for four weeks and nearly like caused myself into like really bad postpartum depression because of it. And so I've caught, I now have adopted, I'm probably going to get flogged by certain people for saying this, but I've really now adopted the breast is best if it's best for mom and baby. Um, And I just, I think, you know, for me, I've, I feel like I've grown in empathy so much as a new mom, because it's like, you're, you're being led into a club and you understand like, Oh, Mom brain's a real thing. I thought those people were just using that as an excuse. You know, just all of those things that, that you do have then a shared experience and I feel like it opens you up to just things you didn't know before.
3: I thought that my life really didn't have to change. I, j- I was like, No, it's just now I'm going to have a baby. And then I still do all the things and go to all the dinners. And I tried to keep up with that for a really long time. And I would just bring her everywhere with me. Um, And then you realize, no, it does have to change and you want it to change. That was like the turning point for me. I was like, no, I want it to change. And even as a stepmom, there was a big point for me within the past couple of years where I was like, oh, no, this is what a mom is supposed to be like. And this is what a maternal representative of the household is supposed to say about cleaning your room and, and, you know, be home at this time as opposed to just looking for just the emotional connection with our children. And even for our toddler together, it was not, well, this is my life and you're just in it. It's like, no, my life is different and I want it to be different. And it's beautiful if you open yourself up to that. And that's been the biggest, on which I would have never thought I'd learn between the teen, the tween, and the toddler all at once, but when it smacked me in the face, I'm like still working on it some days, but most of the time I'm just, I'm acing it and it feels good.
4: So for each of us, what did our hardest day as a mom look like? What, what does that day look like um, if, in Harvest Home and outside of Harvest Home? What For me, I know it's just any time I'm covered in poop and exhausted and whatever, I am just look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, who are you? I don't understand. Like, Are you seriously the same person or not? I don't know. Um, but I know that it's just different for every one of us. So what was the hardest day for you as a mom?
0: Um. So at Harvest Home, we have a communal dinner uh, Monday through Friday, or we did, do we still? Yeah. <laughs> okay, we have that, uh, Monday through Friday. So one of the moms cooks for the everybody in the home, and then we sit down at the table and all eat together and, you know, share our lives, our days with each other. So um, my son, Elijah always wanted to be connected to me like he i couldn't put him down and then i couldn't give him to anybody because then he would just scream in their ears so that was those were the hardest times when i would have to cook um, because he didn't find solace with anybody else um so i had to adapt and just get um one of those carriers and just constantly keep him with me um Yeah, so that that was really hard. He was very attached to being physically on me all the time. Outside of that, um, now, I mean, he's six now, um, but I did have to release uh, release this. um, Earlier this year, I realized, like, having a time schedule, like a rigid time schedule and trying to meet that all the time, I had to let that go because it was not conducive to my household and I don't think it's conducive to anybody who has kids like you know oh they gotta be to bed at eight, 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 and then I'm, I was like focusing on that and so I really just had to to let go of the time thing and just kind of let life happen and you know if he goes to sleep at 10 on his school night he's still okay yes I think our daughter is
3: still awake right now probably watching Aladdin for the fourth time so yes <laughs> Well, I want everyone to, we, we're going to do a little quick Q&A, but first I want everyone to learn about what they can do to educate themselves about Harvest Home um, and what Harvest Home has coming up. Yeah. So some exciting
5: things um, in Harvest Homes Future. So our organization is is 35 years old. So actually in the last 35 years, we've um, had 600 moms um, like Nicole and their families um, live in our home and come through our program. And um, it's crazy to think that there are 35-year-olds walking around in this world right now because they had that first home at Harvest Home, which is just amazing. And for the last several years, we've been working towards expanding and opening a second home. I mentioned we get over 500 calls a year year, um, there are estimates by the LA County Health Department that there are over 5,000 women every year that are pregnant and homeless, and in our city, there are about 70 beds for those women, so there's just such a lack of resources for, um, for that need, and so we've been working towards um, expanding and opening a second home, and I'm probably not supposed to publicly share this, but I'm going to tell you guys about it because it's so exciting um, that that is happening, so we'll be sharing lots lots of details to come, awesome. Um, Uh, We were working actually, uh, our goal was to double the house and we're actually going to be tripling um, and just a very unique situation that quite literally dropped in our laps, um, which is so exciting, but as we're working towards that um, next year, there are so many ways um, to get involved. Um, like Candace said, we are local here in Los Angeles. Our current um, location is on the west side. Our new location that will be opening in 2020 is going to be in more central LA, and we need awesome women and men, um, but like you in this room, to, to step up and help volunteer um, to help open up your spheres of influence um, to share with other people that might be interested in contributing in some way, whether it be financially or their skills or talents or um, opening up their networks. I mean, we all know that there's, can I use the word Rolodex? That like dates me. I'm very old. What do we say now instead of Rolodexes? But to to open up your Google contacts. your Snapchat fires. It's like your Snapchat stroke. Yeah, chat yeah. Snapchat, yeah. yeah. hashtag old. Um, <laughs> but um, if you're, I would just say if, if you are at all um, compelled by Nicole's story and um, want to get involved in any way, shape or form and um, helping make sure that this, this happens, we have a place and we're building a team and we want you to be involved. So um, that's what I would say. And I would just say every time we think about what will be, you know, 20 20 new beds. I just, it's so exciting and it gets overwhelming. And then I have to picture faces like Nicole and her son, Elijah, who's now six years old and was one of the first babies that I ever had at Harvest Home. And I consider myself to be an auntie to him. I mean, it's just been amazing to watch him grow up and to know that those are not just, you know, 20 rooms, but those are, um, you know, 20 lives that are going to be impacted at a time. And so um, we're just super excited about that. And I'll be around. So if anyone's interested, I'd love to chat more. But for
4: those listening and also at the live um, taping, where can they find out about Harvest Home? What's the best way to contact you guys?
5: Yeah, so you can um, check out our Insta account. No, um, (laughs) I'm just kidding. You can. It's it's Harvest Home LA. I do know that. Um, But also our website is um, harvesthomela.org. And you can go there, learn more about our programs, what we do. There's also a direct link um, to give and, and get
3: involved in that way. Great. Well, we've got time just for a few questions. Does anyone before have questions before we question? start questions? We oh. just want to
4: thank the W oh, yeah. Hotel so much thank for having you. us
3: and the What She Said
4: panel, because we are so honored and proud to have been a part of it. Um, and now, does anyone have any questions that they want to ask Nicole or Sarah? I see one up or, oh here. yes,
3: awesome. I love it. This is I, beautiful. Christina will be walking around with the hands. microphone. To, <laughs> Hello. I have one question. Can you tell us a little more about the What She Said program? Yes. This is with the W Hollywood Hotel. I think they've been doing it at a bunch of W's, but it's a wonderful way for women to come together and share their stories, motivate each other, inspire each other. Basically just talk
4: all things female. And we are so grateful to be a part of what she said and um,
3: basically just to inspire others and share our stories. When the W approached us, uh, it was a couple months ago, but funny enough on theme, uh, it was around Kayla's due date when we were initially going to come. And I don't know how to deliver a baby maybe, but um, you guys might have, but at the time, uh, we decided to wait, but we knew that we wanted to sit up here with women that really inspired us to be better versions of ourselves, better mothers, and we are just so honored to have both of you from Harvest Home, because what you guys represent within this community, not just the community of LA, but community of mothers, um is incredibly inspiring. And I hope has moved a lot of you out here tonight because it's definitely moved us. Thanks for having us. Okay, so my question, first of all, I commend you for the program that you're doing. I think it's amazing. We've talked about doing some sort of nonprofit ourselves or something like that because we run into women like that all the time. But we know placing people in homes is really difficult and the turnover rate is, like, super long and, like, there's a process for it. What is the um, turnover rate for, like, the women who stayed in your homes? Like, how long till, you know, you get to release a bet for a new woman who's pregnant, you know, comes into the home?
5: Yeah, so great question. So in order to come into our program, women just have to be pregnant. So sometimes that's, they've just taken a positive pregnancy test, and it's like eight weeks, and sometimes it's eight months. Um, So it can the length of the program can vary um, if then moms are able to stay until their babies are between three and six months old. So the average stay is about nine months. Um, What we know about our program is that um, it's not just providing the housing for that short time it's really providing a safe space for mom and baby to bond and um, so much of brain development and education and everything happens in those for that zero to five time frame and so we really focus on not just like getting women off the streets but also helping create that like healthy start for the family and so it's about nine months per per mom there
0: And I know, you know, Harvest Home has said, oh, it's a it's like a shelter for homeless pregnant women. But as you said earlier, it's literally a two story home in a beautiful location. And every woman has their own bedroom. So technically, you know, I guess it's a shelter, uh, but. Literally, it's not, if that makes any sense. And so it is a home environment. So we all have our own bedrooms and, and, you know, just shared living spaces like the living room and kitchen and stuff like that. Um, but if I may say also with volunteers, um, even I think having like a volunteer to even do a class, you know, like for three months is like once a week or something like that would be great. We had like a nutritionist come in for a few months and taught some girls who had never cooked before how to cook. We had a sewing lady come before, like there's just so many different ways for people to volunteer. Um, and even like with babysitters, I needed a babysitter Uh, Three days after I returned to Harvest Home from the hospital, I was taking a final, and um, that woman is my friend to this day, so six years later. So um, there's so much that could be done just through volunteering, and it might seem like, you know, something that's not a big deal, but you have no idea the impact that you could ultimately, uh, you know, bestow upon these women who need support. I love that. Any other?
5: Um, So I have a two-year-old, and I was a really young mom. I was 21. I was single. I was terrified. And I struggled with really bad postpartum depression and anxiety because I had this idea in my head of the mom I wanted to be, and I thought I was going to be, and I failed it every single day. I still do. And how do you, I guess all four of you, deal with that idea that you want in your head of the birth you wanted or the mom you wanted to be or anything like that versus at the end of the day when you go to bed, what you actually accomplished and being okay with that and not feeling like you're
3: struggling still.
4: I would say the first step is to understand that probably every single mom feels exactly the same as you. And so we all have this, you know, sort of idea of who we should be, but it really is just an idea. And the reality is so different. And so I think the first step is just, know you're not alone in, in that. And anyone else want to share?
3: I say, and at a certain point, like you got to just not lower the bar, but it's like, just do the basic checklist. Like, are you both, like, there?
0: <laughs> Check. <laughs>
3: Is there some sort of clothing on either or both of you? <laughs> Check. Hopefully some food and water. And, and like, you know, maybe, like, a, I love you. And a hug and a cuddle. And are they sleeping? And, and are you sleeping? Are you taking care of yourself, too? It's like at a certain point... You can't be like, well, I, I made a bento box lunch and then, you know, and they know four languages and I've run a marathon and now here's dinner, everybody. And I'm a businesswoman, because um, that doesn't exist. And if it does,
0: I, that sounds exhausting. I'm not, I don't think I could do that. Yeah, just giving yourself grace, right? So you have these ideas, you have these goals you want to meet, milestones the kids are supposed to hit. And then that stuff doesn't happen. And so just knowing again, like you're not alone, um, and knowing and just telling yourself, like, it's okay. Like, I did well for this day. Like, my baby's still here breathing. Like, everybody's, you know, we're okay. And it's okay to be okay, not reach these high standards that we all put in our own minds of what it's supposed to look like.
5: So I actually want to speak on behalf of another mom who was going to be on our panel tonight. And she had a day where her car broke down, all these things happened, and she was really trying to figure out how to get here. And then she had the wisdom at about four o'clock to just go, It's not gonna happen and it's okay. And I think that there is such a lesson in that that we just strive and we strive and we strive and we keep trying to find a way. And then sometimes it's okay to say, you know what? It's not going to happen today and that's okay. And I think that we need to give ourselves permission to do that. And we also need to give other people permission to do that because I think we as moms hold ourselves to a high standard. We also have a tendency to hold other people to a high standard. So I think if we would all just admit like, you know what, today it's not going to happen, that we would all be in a much better place with our mental health
3: this is true well I am glad I think we all are that this happened yes and that you guys were able to be here today thank you thank you thank you so much thank you so much for joining us from Harvest Home thank you so much to the W Hollywood Hotel your What She Said panel series is awesome like guys come back to these this is so fun and inspiring I'm feeling the girl power and we just want to say thank you to everyone who came who traveled
4: far someone said they walked here because they live so close that's awesome too someone drove 400 miles Miles, That's 400 really miles. awesome, amazing. I owe you a drink. So, <laughs> thank you guys for coming. And um, if you are interested in Harvest Home, there's pamphlets on all your seats, and there are not only Sarah, but other representatives from Harvest Home are here. So, come up and ask and talk, and let's get involved. Let's do this.
3: Yeah, we love you. Guys. Thank, thank you, guys. guys. Directionally Challenged Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to our podcast Directionally Challenged. We love that you guys are joining us on this really fun journey, just trying to get a little bit more direction in life. And you know what else could help us? If you guys would go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review Directionally Challenged. It helps us kind of read all your fun comments and know what you guys are liking and who you like hearing direction from. And also, it's going to help other people find our podcast just to keep growing this really fun directionally challenged community guys we love you we love our listeners and we can't wait for you to join us next week for an all-new episode
1: planning for your next trip